invest in America, and buy a great SUV from Denny Menholt CarMart 360 and CarMart360.com. See dealer for warranty details. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I uh, I had a uh, somebody, one of our listeners comment on Facebook yesterday. Facebook.com slash Flint Report is where I'll uh, do a lot, of, a lot of interaction and uh, in addition to Twitter.com slash Aaron Flint. But uh, one of our listeners basically said, yeah, what's the deal here? What's the story here? What's the backstory here? But anyway, first uh, the headline, first uh, the news. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I've had uh, multiple sources over the past few weeks tell me that they they were fearing exactly this uh, was going to happen here. Uh, I had a couple sources telling me that this could be in the works for weeks now, and looks like uh, this is unfortunately now becoming a reality. According to a letter from Sydney Sugars, the sugar beet factory in Sydney, Montana, will be shutting down in April. Uh, here's an excerpt from the letter uh, that was uh, shared with me from one of our friends in eastern Montana. Quote, due to a continued insufficient supply of sugar beets from local area growers, it has become financially unsustainable to continue operating the Sydney Sugars Beet Processing Plant. This is a letter to provide you with 60 days advance notice to inform you that the Sydney Sugars Plant will be closing operations beginning on April 14, 2023. Uh, KFGO Radio also had a story published uh, yesterday quoting Steve Rosenau, American Crystal Sugar Company Vice President and uh, Chief Operating Officer for Sydney Sugars, uh, where where uh, Rosenau pointed out that the factory has typically employed a total of 300 employees. Employees will receive severance packages, and we have provided a number of resources to assist them with job searches, including offering opportunities to join other American crystal factories in the Red River Valley. So basically, they're just consolidating uh, their their uh, their sugar beet uh, uh, factories in the in the Red River Valley of uh, you know Minnesota and, and that country, but. Uh, I, I put out calls to both Sydney Sugars in Sydney yesterday as well as uh, left a message for a spokeswoman for American Crystal Sugar uh, Company in Moorhead, Minnesota. And then shortly after I published our story on our Montana Talks website, I did get the official press release uh, confirming this news from American Crystal. So what's the backstory here? You know, and I, I said this to one of the one of the. Uh, one of the the folks who who asked the question on Facebook yesterday said, "Hey, what's the backstory here? What's going on?" Because everybody understands, man. This is this is not good news for our friends in Sydney, Montana. This is not good news for Eastern Montana as a whole. And you think about the the tens of millions, the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that uh, that surround uh, the farming and the refining of sugar beets in, just in in the Sydney area alone is just massive uh, economic footprint, right? Not to mention the jobs at at the the factory also and so it's a big hit the the word that i've been hearing and i know we've got uh, several sugar beet farmers that are listening to the show right now is that basically this the company that has owned uh, sydney sugars and has owned the the ref, the the factory there in sydney they just they have not been investing in the plant they uh they basically were were bleeding the place dry and 
and this is now the end result of it. And, the, and, and then on top of that, and I said this, I said, look, I'm not, I'm not an official farm broadcaster. We're going to hear from those guys here and, and gals here in just a few minutes, and I'm sure they'll, they'll have uh, several different uh, angles that they will cover on this story here when we get to the Farm and Ranch Report in a few minutes. I said, I'm, I'm not a, you know, an official farm broadcaster. I don't even play one on TV. But, but what the word that I've, I've been hearing from our friends you know, who are involved in you know, sugar beet farming, or uh, you name it from, you know, from basically from Red Lodge to the Billings area all the way over to the North Dakota border is that, yeah, the, the company that owns Sydney Sugars has basically been bleeding that place dry and they've been trying to squeeze the farmers for every, every uh, you know, grain they can possibly get out of these sugar beets. And so, uh, and apparently they had, they had sent out, the company had sent out kind of a threatening letter to the, to the growers a while back, hey, either make a deal with with us or the, or this facility's gone and uh so anyway uh in fact it looks like I, I got a message on twitter here when i shared this story 17 hours ago when it first uh, f- first uh, became official roughly i got a, a message on twitter here from del nolmeyer uh del says i'm a sugar beet grower up here in eastern montana after 10 years of payment cuts from american crystal the return of money per acre just is not there anymore. I feel bad for all the factory workers. That's what uh, what Dale Nolmeyer had to say. Uh, yeah, and I'll actually be in Glendive this Friday. I was I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh man, that's already this Friday. Uh, this Friday we're going to be in Glendive for the Glendive Agri Trade Expo. So. Hey, open invite, uh, as always, to any of our friends uh, that are, you know, out there in the Sydney, Glendive areas, especially if you want to weigh in on this topic or, you know, you just you got something else you want to talk about. Kind of like right now, how we've got the phone lines open for our listeners here on Montana Talks. When we take the show out on the road, oftentimes what we'll do as well is open up the microphones. So we're going to have uh, microphones open this Friday at the Gate Show in Glendive, the Glendive Agritrade Expo, and uh, and then we'll have a, a few guests thrown into the mix as well. So, so in fact, uh, just uh, before we kicked off this hour of the show, I was uh, emailing uh, uh, our friends from the uh, the Montana Dakota. Uh, uh, growers Association, the Sugar Beet Growers Association, see if uh, you know if any of them want to come down and join us uh, on this Friday as well. But uh, the other thing, and let me, it, it didn't come up on my printout, uh, but let me let me read it directly from our Montana Talks app. Uh, this was kind of a, a, the good summary that really recaps it here from one of our our listeners in Eastern Montana. You had the MDU plant, you had the coal mine. And now what I always knew is Holly Sugar. Mix in the war on American oil, and things look bleak. Uh, so, yeah, big and not good news out of eastern Montana. Full Life insurance. For your free quote, go to selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, unfortunately... A nearly 100-year farming tradition is coming to a close with the announcement on Monday by American Crystal Sugar Company to close its plant in Sydney, Montana. Now, the company cited the ongoing insufficient supply of sugar beets from local growers 
as its reason. However, sugar beet growers like Don Steinbeiser Jr. told us that after multiple years of Sydney Sugars cutting back on their contracts, they've simply had enough. Every so many years, uh, two or three years they come, we have to negotiate a new contract. Mm-hmm. We've been taking cuts in what the farmers have been getting paid. And it's to the point now where you can make just as much money raising other crops without having the headache and all the expenses of raising sugar beets. And, you know, we wanted to keep raising beets because we liked the factory. And, you know, we've been doing it for over 90 years as a family. And it was important important to us. But over the last five years, we've kind of just come to the conclusion that if they took another another cut on the contract, we were, we were going to be gone. And they did. So we quit. Now they can't get enough acres to run the factory. Now, American Crystal Sugar Company actually informed its employees Monday in a letter that Sydney Sugars will begin closing operations on April 14th. A sad day for sure for our region's sugar beet industry. For more on this story, you can visit us online at westernagnetwork.com or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Stay with us. We'll have more egg news right after this. Hi, this is Bailey with Papa Sean, and we'd like to invite you to Boost Cherry Creek Ranch 50th Annual Progress Through Performance Bull Sale, Thursday, February 9th, 1 o'clock, at our ranch sale barn near Veteran. We're offering 140 performance-tested full-registered Angus bulls. A volume number of our PAP-tested bulls are capable at any elevation, and many are recommended for heifers. Register and view the bulls online at dvauction.com. For more information, go to our website or call 534-5865 or 532-1A05. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. Meet your standards of excellence. Plant Westbred. Performance may vary. Well, the American Lamb Board has outlined a very ambitious 2023 through 2028 plan, including increasing demand for American lamb by 5% and taking 5% market share from lamb imports by the end of 2028. American Lamb Board Chairman Peter Camino of Wyoming says they're determined to find proactive ways for the American Lamb Checkoff to continue to help their industry. And finally this morning, you know this month, FFA members around the country, including right here in Western Ag Network country, will celebrate agriculture and FFA during National FFA Week. Whether it's through service projects or community gatherings, National FFA Week is a great time for FFA members to raise awareness about the National FFA organization's role in developing future leaders and the importance of agricultural education. Now, this year's National FFA Week runs February 18th through February 25th. For the Western Ag Network, I'm Russell Nimitz. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
All right. Yeah, more on this uh, Sydney Sugar story here. Uh, great report there from Russell Nimitz with the Western Egg Network. Uh, what's the economic impact of this type of loss from the Sydney Sugar's uh, beet factory uh, shutting down coming up in April? Tom Ludy, here was uh, his opening sentence in Tom Ludy's piece for the Billings Gazette. One of Montana's two sugar beet refineries is closing after nearly a century of operation. Uh, and then Ludy added this in his report, uh, uh, quoting uh, you know local uh, local uh, growers and others. Revenue from the factory is about fifty two million dollars a year, but there's another ninety nine point five million dollars in economic impact on local businesses supporting the factory as well. So just revenue from the factory, fifty two million alone, then another near hundred million dollars in economic impact on local businesses that support the factory. Uh, I mean the amount of money and that 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 changes hands just because of these beats that, that come out of the ground and then the the factory that's been there to uh, to uh, manufacture the product to refine the product is just absolutely astounding but then you know as you heard there in Russell's reports you've got farmers like the Steinbeisers who've been farming in that country for 90 years now and and they've been growing you know beets and so now the question is and this is this is where if if you look at if you go to our Montana Talks website and you see the story we did on Sydney Sugars, I also uh, linked back to this Western Egg Network report here uh, where they were talking with Don Steinbeiser Jr. And this is the other really sad, sad factor here is is the other thing that Don Steinbeiser uh, Jr. said here is that he says many farmers have or will be looking to plant different crops because if you think so, if you because if, if you think about it, for those who aren't as familiar with with uh, sugar beets and and uh, and, the, and 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 these things, is that they're farming on irrigated land. So this is incredible uh, land to be farming on. So you know the speculation is well, what else? What else are they going to farm now? Will they now push to corn? What else will they will they now push to? Uh, and uh, could it replace uh, what what uh, the sugar beets have provided? But what Steinbeiser said here is he says others may just simply retire from production agriculture altogether. Uh, that that's part of what is also included in in this Western Ag Network report here. So yeah, just a. Uh, just one hit after another for our friends in Sydney, Montana, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, we can hope that that there is some way that this factory could come back online. Although the growers certainly don't sound uh, optimistic on that front as well, uh, we could hope that that the farmers who have been growing sugar beets can then pivot to something else. But you know, the Steinbeiser is saying, hey, he's not sure everybody's going to be able to do that or will decide to do just that. Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale also released a statement following this news yesterday. Uh, he is disappointed to hear that American Crystal will be closing the Sydney factory after the conclusion of this year's campaign. Uh, he added more. Uh, I'll, I'll share the rest of Congressman Rosendale's statement here right after this Fox News update. So uh, back in 60 seconds. And then we'll, we'll get to your uh, Montana Family Foundation legislative update and more. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. 
about 36 hours now since an earthquake took down thousands of buildings in Turkey and Syria. Search and rescue teams are working in snow and freezing rain to find anyone trapped. Survivors who've lost homes and loved ones huddle around a wood fire. We haven't eaten anything since morning, says this man. Our children are very hungry. Morale is lifted when someone is pulled out alive. Fox's Jonathan Savage. More than 5,000 deaths are confirmed. President Biden's State of the Union address tonight could double as an early re-election campaign speech. Ohio House Republican Jim Jordan says he assumes the speech will be just fine, but that the American people know the facts. They know that everything costs more. They know that energy costs more. They know that there is no longer a border. Uh, you know, the, the, the border is not a border now. The president speaks to a joint session of Congress at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight at the Capitol. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden giving his State of the Union address tonight. I, I wonder how many people in their response are going to say, you know, I hate to burst uh, the president's bubble. I hate to pop the balloon here for the president. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be, uh, I'll bet, another doozy of a speech here tonight where he's going to try to tell everybody how great everything is uh, when his uh, whole administration is uh, sputtering like uh, like the like the balloon that got the, uh, the hole poked through. It. Anyway, back to uh, Matt, Congressman Matt Rosendale's reaction to the closure of the Sydney Sugar Beet factory, Sydney Sugars. Uh, he added this, the factory and sugar beet industry have been a large part of Sydney and the surrounding communities for over 100 years. The loss of 300 jobs and millions of dollars in economic impact will certainly be a detriment to our entire region. I am hopeful that this will not be a permanent closure and production can continue in the future. Now, somebody, uh, somebody sent a question, and maybe some of you farmers out there, some of you, some of you folks who work in the industry, work on the logistics side of it. I, I should throw this question to uh, Lane and Russell and Haley with the Western Ag Network as well. One question. Now, based on folks I've talked with in the industry, they, they don't see an option like this working. But somebody threw out the question on Twitter yesterday and said, well, hey, could they could they ship the sugar beets from the Sydney area uh, to, you know, to, for example, the refinery in Billings? Could they ship them via rail? Uh, truck might might not be economical for that distance of a drive, but could they rail the sugar beets? Uh, every, you know, the, at least some of the folks I've talked with inside the, inside the industry, they they don't see really any any alternative options here. But I, I hope we explore every single option available uh, to to try to keep uh, to try to keep things up and running. Uh, so uh, anyway, but uh, yes, if you got uh, more insight, uh, definitely uh, shoot me an email, Aaron at MontanaTalks.com, or better yet, uh, send it to us on our Montana Talks app because we get in the middle of the show, the email can get buried very quick. Whereas if you send us a message on our Montana Talks app, comes in, uh, our producer, uh, Gr- Travis, grabs it and uh, and has it ready ready to roll for us, prints it up here right in the studio. Uh, hey, speaking of getting ready to roll here, the Mate Show, uh, you know, I'm going to be at the Gate Show this Friday. But then uh, shortly, uh, shortly after that, right around the corner from the Gate Show in Glendive is the big Mate Show in Billings, talking agriculture and more. Hey, our friends... Uh, at BD Equipment, Billy BD and his crew from BD Equipment Services, they are going to be at the Mate Show. So this is your chance to go in, shake their hand, say hello, meet them face-to-face. 
talk about what they can do for you. If you've got some big projects that you need done, you got some, you know, an old house that needs to be torn down, or you got some demolition work that needs to be done, or you want to put in a garden this spring, no matter how big, no matter how small, let BD Equipment do the dirty work for you. Uh, they're going to be set up right next to the beer garden. Uh, so so if you're looking for Billy BD and BD Equipment Services, you can find them next to the beer gardens at the upcoming Mate Show. And who knows, maybe they'll have Deb Greeno with them. He has a beard now, by the way. Did you guys... Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. I want to combine a couple of updates here from Jeff Lasloffy with the Montana Family Foundation, talking about what's going on at the Montana legislature. He's got, first off, today's update, he's got some really good news uh, for us here. Uh, really good news, especially if you are a nurse or a doctor or somebody who works in health care and do not want to be, be forced uh, to conduct some uh, horrific procedure uh you know for we've talked a lot about for example with this radical transgender agenda that the montana democrats are pushing basically if if they are going to enact their agenda where they want the ability to take body parts off of healthy body parts off of little kids in the name of their transgender agenda they're going to have to force nurses and doctors to do this stuff because because a a health care professional with any conscience whatsoever is is not going to want to take part in this. So they're going to have to force as just like the, the undercover or not. It wasn't even undercover. They had it on their freaking website, just like the Vanderbilt uh, video out of Tennessee showed that Matt Walsh documented. The, the 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 medical industry that wants to profit profit off of creating lifelong customers with this transgender agenda they know that if they're going if if they are going to make money off of removing body parts from kids or giving them uh you know life altering medications they're going to have to force people to take part in these procedures because people are not going to want to take part in this in this craziness, right? So anyway, we'll, we'll get to that update here in just a second. But first, uh, we got so busy with the big balloon story yesterday that uh, I, I didn't get a chance to play uh, Jeff Lasloffy's Monday update. Uh, but the title of Monday's legislative update was Wokeism versus Truth. Here you go. <laughs> Time now for a legislative update brought to you by the Montana Family Foundation. Here's President of the Montana Family Foundation and former Speaker Pro Tem, Montana House of Representatives, Jeff Laszlozzi. What happens when schools tell students to behave in a way that defies logic, religious beliefs, and science? What happens when students refuse to go along with a woke, politically correct educational agenda? Just ask Josh Alexander, a 16-year-old high school student from Renfro, Ontario, Canada. He was suspended twice, once in November and again in January, for organizing a demonstration to oppose his school's new policy of allowing male students who believe they are female to use the girls' restrooms. He was 
was also disciplined for insisting that God made only two genders, male and female. After his second suspension, Alexander and his lawyer filed a complaint with the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. In that complaint, Alexander claimed that he was the victim of religious discrimination, which makes sense. Incidences like these take place every day in public schools across Canada and the United States, including right here in Montana. The only problem is Josh Alexander attends St. Joseph's Catholic High School. That's right. A student at a Catholic high school was suspended for essentially quoting Genesis 5, 1-2. In the day that God created man, he made them in his own likeness. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them. Despite the fact that Alexander made clear to school officials that he had no intention of starting conflicts with transgender students, but simply wanted to express his views, school officials said that his mere presence on the campus would damage the physical and mental well-being of transgender students. We expect this kind of behavior at public schools, but what are parents to do when this kind of woke gender ideology rears its head on the campus of a private religious school? Is it possible to experience religious discrimination at a private Christian school for being disciplined for quoting the Bible? It's an interesting question, and we'll keep you updated as the case proceeds. That said, there is a direct connection between that case and a bill that will be heard this Wednesday in the House Judiciary Committee. As I said, we've come to expect this type of behavior at public schools, and as it becomes more prevalent, the Montana legislature is pushing back. House Bill 361 would make it clear that it is not a discriminatory practice for a student to call another student by that student's legal name or to refer to a student by the student's biological sex. As wokeism runs rampant in schools across Montana, students are being told under threat of discipline that they must refer to transgender students by their new name, their new pronouns, and their chosen sex. Students are in effect being forced to participate in a charade and failure to do so could get them suspended. In many ways, it's a real-life version of the Emperor's New Clothes, and it's actually not as new as we may think. Twenty years ago, we heard of a teacher who resigned rather than to call a student by that student's new made-up name. Even worse is the charge of misgendering a transgender student. With now over 70 gender options available on Facebook, how do you keep them all straight? And what about the pronouns? One of the strangest is the they-them option. They and them are plural. Does that mean that the person also suffers from multiple personality disorder? House Bill 361 would return a degree of sanity to the classroom by stopping teachers and administrators from forcing a politically correct agenda on kids. School is stressful enough without students being forced to participate in something they know not to be true. We'll be there to testify in favor of House Bill 361 because as Josh Alexander was brave enough to say, God did indeed create us male and female. For the Montana Family Foundation, this is Jeff Lasloffy reminding you that this government is your government and your input does make a difference. All right, so that was Monday's legislative update, wokeism versus truth. A very uh, interesting insight when it comes to uh, how the public schools are pushing this wokeism uh, right now across the country as well. Here's today's legislative update also where he uh, gives us uh, some some really good news uh, talking about uh, medical uh 
uh, rights of conscience. Let me see if I uh, cue this up in the right spot for you. As the Montana legislature plows through the sixth week of the 2023 legislative session, we have some good news to report. Last week, we talked about House Bill 303, a bill to allow medical personnel to refuse to perform certain procedures based on their conscience or religious beliefs. These could include abortions, certain stem cell therapies using stem cells from aborted fetuses, transgender procedures that involve the amputation of perfectly healthy body parts, or the administration of high doses of hormones that can leave transgender teenagers sterile for life. These are just a few examples, but as technology rapidly increases, medical ethicists are struggling to keep up, and that leaves the conscience of the doctors themselves as the last line of defense. The bill passed out of the House Judiciary Committee last week and was debated yesterday on the House floor. To say the debate was intense would be an understatement. And the most emotional testimony, as predicted, came from Zoe Zephyr, the legislature's only transgender. Zephyr, a man who believes he's a woman, used his full five-minute allotment to beg the other members to vote no on the bill. He demanded that doctors and other health care professionals be forced to provide what he called gender-affirming care. Other Democrats joined in, many describing scenarios that were way outside the scope of the bill. In the end, it was to no avail. The bill passed 65 to 35. The vote was almost party line, with the Republicans coming down on the side of conscience protections and religious liberty. The bill is up on third reading today, and we expect it to pass and head for the Senate, where the process begins all over again. We'll keep you posted on its progress. Meanwhile, this morning, we'll be in the Senate Business and Labor Committee testifying in favor of Senate Bill 243. This bill comes as a result of an incident in Missoula that we first told you about clear back in 2021. In that case, Brandon Huber, the pastor of the Clinton Community Church, said that his church would no longer partner with the Missoula Food Bank because the food bank wanted the church to distribute free lunches containing gay pride literature. The church refused, citing their religious beliefs, and thought that was the end of the matter but not so fast. This is, after all, Missoula we're talking about. The pastor, who also happens to be a part-time realtor, found himself the target of an ethics complaint filed with the Missoula Board of Realtors. He was charged with hate speech and, if found guilty, was subject to a $5,000 fine and the loss of access to the multiple listing service, an act that would force him to stop selling real estate. The pastor's speech was never hateful by any reasonable definition of the word and was not even remotely connected to his job as a realtor. This is a practice that's unfortunately becoming more and more prevalent. Nearly identical complaints were subsequently filed against two realtors in Billings and another in Great Falls. According to Huber's attorney, Matthew Monforton, himself a former legislator, the stakes are enormous and the realtor's hate speech rule is intended to purge Christians from the real estate business. Senate Bill 243 would protect a realtor's constitutionally guaranteed right to the free exercise of religion by declaring that the denial of services or access to the multiple listing service based on a realtor's moral or religious beliefs is a form of unfair business competition. We support the bill because when it comes to constitutionally guaranteed rights, you either use them or you lose them. For the Montana Family Foundation, this is Jeff Lasloffy reminding you that this government is your government and your input does make a difference. Contact the Montana Family Foundation at 406-628-1141 or on the web at montanafamily.org. 
All right, two great reports there from Jeff Lasloff with the Montana Family Foundation. Great news about House Bill 303, the medical rights of conscience legislation uh, by uh, Representative Amy Regeer at a callous spell. That'll protect our nurses, our doctors, other health care workers from being forced to, uh, to conduct these horrific procedures on little kids. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Quick break. We'll get your Hannity update in. Phone lines are open for you. 294-0970. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. When they spotted this balloon above Alaska on January 28th, the balloon traveled over the state, then Canada, then northern Idaho, and then it went right over our intercontinental ballistic missile sites in Montana before drifting eastward to the southeast coast and the administration they didn't just fail here mike turner said this well they failed to prepare after this first happened during their administration that they knew about the president allowed this to go across our most sensitive military sites nobody's paying a lot of attention to the fact they're buying our farmland ranch land and buying land near military installations that would be a really scary scenario if we continue to allow that to happen from coast to coast from sea to shining sea it's the sean hannity show my friend had his home stolen the crime is home title theft it's real it's horrendous but it's real and it's everywhere now luckily this was just a demo but i saw how criminals all around the world target american homeowners and that's why i protect my home with home title lock and you need to as well and a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you but home title lock does so protect yourself just go to their website. It's HomeTitleLock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no-obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely. Details at JacksonHewitt.com. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana-owned. Online at GrizzlyGoldAndSilver.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I just uh, was checking in on social media, checking in on some of our other messages here. And uh, uh, Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke just three minutes ago, this is the family photo that got Steve Daines. That's right, Montana Senator Steve Daines. This is the family photo that got Steve Daines put in Twitter jail. Stop censoring our Montana way of life. And then he added this great shot, Cindy. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, uh, Cindy Danes, uh, uh, the wife of Montana Senator Steve Danes, she's the one who got the, the great shot of this beautiful antelope. And But because of this photo, though, uh, Senator Steve Danes' account has now been uh, suspended on Twitter uh, because it violates uh, some of their, their policies. So, uh, yeah, absolutely laughable when you look at this story and the fact that a beautiful photo like that could be censored uh, just as another reminder of the mess that our country is in right now uh, from not just the woke left, but, you know, even <clears throat> even these. You know the the anti-hunting uh, crowd that is uh, that has is so embedded in these big tech companies and these social media companies, and it shows that uh, Elon Musk still has a lot more work to do there at Twitter. 
cleaning out this mess. Uh, let's see. Got a couple of messages on our Montana Talks app. Uh, our listener in Boulder, Montana. Well, the spy balloon debris is headed to an FBI lab. This came in yesterday around noon. So we know not to trust what they will put out on their findings. It's probably more Russian disinformation that's going to come out of the FBI after this. Uh, right on, John, in the Paradise Valley, talking about the big story we uh, we shared with you earlier about Sydney Sugars shutting down uh, in April. Uh, big news that was announced yesterday. Sad news for our friends in Sydney and in eastern Montana. Uh, right on, John says, drought came to mind with the closure of the sugar beet plant. Uh, can the plant be brought back to life? And if not, where will the farmers take their sugar beets for processing? And uh, another question I would add on there is, will there be any anywhere that they can take their sugar beets for processing? Is it just not logistically uh, uh, you know, an option all the way from the Sydney area to Billings, for example, or somewhere uh, or somewhere else? So, no, good questions from, from right on, John. Uh, 294-0970 is the number for you. Uh, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, I know I want to get to uh, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. Talks about the balloon debacle. Talk about talks about the Pentagon needing a shakedown. He he also I, I think he he nailed what we're going to see out of Joe Biden at the State of the Union address night, where it's it's going to be a fantasy State of the Union address where he's going to pretend that everything's fine. And uh, but anyways, former Speaker of the House uh, Newt Gingrich uh, will certainly uh, uh, pop the balloon uh, the balloons at the uh, at the Biden White House with what he had to say last night. So we'll share that with you coming up. Uh, let's see, uh, man, a whole bunch of other stuff. We got uh, oh, we've got the uh, I, I thought I was going to play this one earlier, but we didn't get to it yet. We've got the pilot audio, the the pilots in those F 22s that shot down uh, the Chinese spy balloon uh, off the coast of Carolina. Uh, we've got the pilot audio, their internal communications, uh, when that uh, when that shot occurred. So we'll have that coming up for you here in the 7 o'clock hour as well. When Jeff Lasloffy was talking about giving us some of his legislative updates, and he was talking about how, you know, they're going to want to force not just teachers and school officials uh, into this, uh, you know, pronoun nonsense, but they're going to try to force your kids into using uh, this pronoun nonsense as well. Anyway, there, there was a line where Jeff Lasloffy said, and what's this whole they them stuff about? Is it, do they also have multiple personality disorder too? Is that what's going on here? And I, I thought about it. You know, the next time I see somebody at a coffee shop with a they them button on, I'm I'm going to compliment them on their nice personalities. My, what great personalities you have! Thanks for the cup of coffee. I really appreciate that here. What great personalities you have! Ah, uh, all right. Speaker of the House, former Speaker Newt Gingrich, uh, pops a few balloons at the Biden White House ahead of the State of the Union address and the pilot audio as they took the shot on the China spy balloon. That and more coming up after this Fox News update.